strong, empowered, authentic. What's up, Ginger Nation? This is Tosh. This is Darren, and you are listening to the Authentic Ginger Podcast. Welcome to the Authentic Ginger Podcast. I'm Tosh Taylor. And I'm Darren Roach. And on today's show, we have a very special guest. Jenna Morton is the festival coordinator for the Moncton Highland Games that is taking place on June 17th to the 19th in Moncton, New Brunswick, Canada. Uh, Jenna, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me, guys. We are glad you're here because I can't wait to dive into this festival and some of the things that are happening. But before we get started, I had a quick question for you, Jenna. Tell me three things you know about redheads. (laughs) Oh, three things I know about redheads. I know that uh, genetically most of the redheads have Scottish, Irish, that part of the world uh, roots. I know that they actually appear most in commercials, even though they are like, what is it? Like one to 2% of the population. Right. If you look at like advertising commercials, it's something like 10% of them feature redheads. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so one, cool. yeah. One in every other commercial, I think is what it is. Yeah. It's <laughs> it seems like ridiculous. It. It's something ridiculous. Um, what else do I know about redheads? That's only two facts. What's a third fact? Um, oh, they have weird materials metabolism immune systems issues is what i know <laughs> there is an actual like genetic thing there right yeah, tosh yeah. like there's there is there is and i and i say that with a lot of love as tosh's friend and as the mother of a redhead and the wife of a redhead there there is all kinds of like other weird genetic things happening in your body <laughs> so many weird things gut issues all around all around like yeah like different antibiotics don't work the way you think they're going to and i feel like there's a whole lot more research that needs to be done about how special you guys are so jenna and i have worked together for uh, going on five years and she has had to listen to me complain about crazy ailments but her husband is also like a a triathlete and he kind of has like like mysterious things that show up all the time too so like it's she lives with one and works with another (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then is raising a third so it's like yeah she's into it she knows (laughs) awesome well that's great so we're uh we're 10 days away from the event now jenna and uh how are preparations coming along fantastic really it's uh you know when you're on the inside there's always that you know, mile long list of things that should be done, could be done, might never get done, but you dreamt of them. <laughs> that right, yeah. be the case. But, you know, in terms of what's happening, it's going to be just an absolute extravaganza of everything happening at the Highland Games this year. What's really neat for us. So this is the 16th annual Greater Moncton Highland Games and Scottish Festival. Mm-hmm. And it's also the host games for the 22nd annual Scottish Masters Athletics International Masters World Championships for heavy events. So that means that the top heavy event athletes ages 40 and above from around the world are coming to compete alongside everything we normally have for the Highland Games here in Moncton. And I can tell you that we have the largest group of Masters competitors that they've ever had for an event. So we've got about 140 athletes coming for that. We have the largest group of Highland dance competitors that we've ever hosted at a Moncton Highland Games with 112 dancers, I believe we're at right now. And we are up to six competing pipe bands and the RCMP pipes and drums from Nova Scotia and New Brunswick will both be here as our duty band. 
um, which is not yet the largest showing of pipe bands we've ever had, but the pipe bands are having a lot harder time coming back from the pandemic because mm-hmm. it was pretty hard to practice together as a band yeah, <laughs> during those times. So it's uh, it's still a very strong showing, and they still have a week to get their their applications in. Those are those always uh, close the latest for our competitions, right. um, and we also have the first ever atlantic competition for historical fencing which is sword fighting wow we have we have this contingent of sword fighters who are coming from all over atlantic canada newfoundland pei nova scotia and new brunswick have competitors coming and so on the saturday of the highland games will be a sword fighting competition happening and then on sunday they'll do demonstrations and then there's like there's blacksmithing, there's archery, there's fly casting, there's workshops and presentations, there's two entertainment tents, it's just, there's sheepdog trials, face painting, bouncy castles. I'm sure there's even more things on the list. Like it just does not stop. It is six baseball fields full of activities, including one that I'm so pumped about, a live podcast recording. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm pre- I to say I'm excited is uh, is is crazy because I'm more than excited. I, I'm I'm really looking forward to this uh, to this event and 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 doing a live uh, a live podcast. Now, heavy events mm-hmm. so for those of us who aren't really familiar with that. Um, what what is what is a heavy event? Like, give us an example of what you know one or two events that that come in for that under that title. Sure, the one that most people are familiar with is the caber toss. So that's like it looks like a big old telephone pole that you pick up, you run and you flip it. And that one is really fascinating when you start to understand what goes into it in terms of judging it as a competition. And I was lucky enough to spend a lot of time last year kind of brushing up on all this because even having grown up going to Highland Games and and being around the culture, it wasn't something I paid a lot of attention to other than, oh, that's really cool to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. (laughs) In terms of the caber toss, the cabers all have to be, you know, a similar length and weight. And for an athlete to compete in it, you have to be able to lift this up. And usually, so if people haven't seen it, we're talking like five, six tall pole at least you have to be able to lift it run with it you throw it and for it to count it has to like flip over in the air and then the scoring actually is more dependent on how it lands because if you're really good at this the flipping part that should be you know your base level you should be able to do that (laughs) it actually the judges uh, look at how it falls compared to how it was thrown and so they kind of do it like a clock and it's like one o'clock two o'clock three o'clock wow. and I'm not going to get further into explaining than that because I'll get it wrong because <laughs> I'm not a judge <laughs> but it's really fascinating to understand like it's not just the physical strength of being able to throw this telephone pole it's how it lands as well there's a lot of real right. technique that comes with these and watching you know some of the best athletes in this sport in the world is just going to be fascinating. We actually have uh, world record holders who are going to be here. Oh, awesome. It, one of the, the gentlemen is from New Brunswick, actually, Dirk Bishop. One's from Nova Scotia, Danny Frame. And they hold a joint Guinness World Record for the most caber tosses by two people within three minutes. It's... <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> We're, we're not trying we, we we can't squeeze in a you know an attempt for them to try to beat the record but uh there's yeah there's so much talent that's coming and that's just one of eight different events that are part of the heavy events so the heavy events it's it's kind of like not 
track and field as in the running part, but the other competition. So the stone right. put, um, you know, that type of thing. So we have, yeah, eight different stations that they basically kind of move through and it all has to do with being strong. So there are yeah. stones you throw, there are weights on chains that you, you know, spin around and throw there's weight over bar, which is when you take a weight and you throw it up over your head and see how far high up you can throw it. Um, yeah, it's it, it's a lot of very brute strength, but there's a lot of finesse and skill with these athletes when you watch them. I've been watching a lot of them online. A lot of them are, <laughs> Tosh will appreciate this, a lot of them are really good on reels and TikTok. <laughs> yeah. So there, there's a couple of the competitors who are coming who are really good about posting videos of their workouts and their performances at other games and giving commentary as to what it is they're trying to perfect and when they get a personal best and, and those type of things. So you, it's been really neat to kind of pick up on what some of those behind the scenes things are for the event. So it's the world's mm -hmm. like, where do you find the most concentration of these athletes coming from? Because how many different countries are really throwing cabers? you know like who who trains yeah, for these things right there there are highland games pretty much in every definitely every continent i would say well okay maybe one there isn't but you know pretty much every continent most countries have highland games of some some aspect um hmm. you do have to have a certain degree of finesse to make it to the masters it, it's an invitation event right you have to submit your your scores and be the best in your class to be able to be invited and it is done by age and by weight um so the majority of the athletes who are coming are coming from the united states um just you know population wise and there's there are so many highland games throughout the united states there's a lot of opportunity for this um but canada has a really strong showing we have almost 20 athletes who are coming to compete in the masters and of those eight are from New Brunswick and four from Nova Scotia. Cool. So it's obvious that there's a really, really strong tradition of this out here on the East coast. Um, there's also a really strong tradition, of course, in European countries. So we have, oh my goodness. Um, I want to say it's maybe six different athletes from Germany that are coming. I'm not sure on the number exactly, but definitely I think after Canada and the U S Germany, I think is the next biggest contingent of athletes that we have coming this year for the masters. Um, Scotland, Switzerland, Sweden. Uh, we don't have anyone from Iceland coming, but they have a very strong, um, they also have that very, very great tradition of just those kind of strength mm -hmm. feats. Um, uh, Japan, we have someone who's coming from Japan. Um, you know, Australia and New Zealand also have very strong uh, roots in this too. But, you know, it's one of those things you get into international travel. It becomes a pretty expensive sport to, to be able yeah. to go around the world and do so. Right. Yeah, which is also why it's really neat that the masters themselves um, they rotate. So I said, we're the host games this year. This is only the second time it's come to Canada, the first time it's come to the East Coast. And they kind of usually bounce back and forth. One year it'll be hosted somewhere in Europe. The next year it'll be hosted somewhere in North America kind of thing. So right. it kind of bounces around so that people have a little bit more of an opportunity to, to get to it different years that, you know, maybe doesn't involve thousands of dollars worth of travel. Mm -hmm. We did talk a little bit about our live podcast. Tell me about Michael Yellowlees. This is the person that we're going to be interviewing and he is the honorary chieftain. So first of all, what is an honorary chieftain? 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> I need to know that too. That was on my list. Yeah. So most Highland Games will have an honorary chieftain and it's really just an opportunity to recognize someone's achievements in the community, right? And it, it kind of, it's supposed to kind of harken back to the idea of, you know, each clan had a chief back in the Highlands of Scotland. And so it, it's kind of a nod to that heritage, but it, with most things Highland Games, it's kind of taken on a life of its own. <laughs> so with right. Highland Games, it, it's really an opportunity to, to honor someone's contributions. And so the last time we were able to have the games in person in Moncton, uh, we actually honored uh, Alina McAllister, who's the woman who designed the city of Moncton's Tartan. So that was a lot of fun. So this year, cool. uh, we've asked Michael Yolis and he's accepted. So Michael is a young man. <laughs> I say that because he's, you know, good 10, 15 years younger than I am. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a gentleman from Scotland, from a lovely place called Dunkeld that, uh, I'm lucky enough to have been to many, many years ago. And he and his canine companion, Luna came to Canada and started in BC last year and walked the entirety right across to Newfoundland. And they did this together to raise money and awareness um, for the ancient Caledonia forest in Scotland. So there's, they're trying to kind of preserve and, and, you know, foster some regrowth in this forest area of Scotland. And, you know, certainly there's a lot of ties between Canada and Scotland that we think of in terms of heritage, but I think a lot of times we forget how much there is in terms of, you know, just our nature and our habitat is very similar in a lot of ways and so there's a lot that we can learn from each other and so it's been it's been really great to watch last year to watch Michael's journey across the country and kind of build up steam Crazy. as he came out to the east coast um he walked right past my house basically <laughs> which is really, oh, really neat to yeah because well because he was traveling you know with his canine companion they tried to you know kind of steer clear of the trans canon and stick to smaller community roads and whatever so yeah he came right down the Salisbury road here. He, uh, you know, would stay with local folks, sometimes stay in hotels that, you know, Scottish associations would help put him up at and host him. You know, the city of Moncton raised the, the Scottish flag when he came through. So he was able to stop in front of city hall and, you know, pose with the flag before he made his own way down to Nova Scotia, where there was yeah just a, a huge reception for him down there. Of course. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, yeah that's so awesome. he's actually he's he stayed in Canada since he finished uh, his trek last year. So they finished up, I want to say in November, their journey. Mm -hmm. And uh, he and Luna have stayed around. And so yeah, we're very, very excited to have him come. He's also, uh, you know, he's a has his guitar, he's a singer. And we're just really, really thrilled that uh, they're going to be around with us for the event this year. Yeah, basically the honorary chieftain's role is just kind of to preside over, you know, official opening and closing, maybe present some awards. And so it's actually really nice for us that we have things like, you know, your podcast coming that we have an extra opportunity to, you know, have kind of a conversation with Michael around that. And he's also doing one of the presentations in our workshop tent. So we yeah. have, I think it's eight workshops slash presentations happening between Saturday and Sunday. And one of them is just kind of a, a meet and greet and a, a chat with Michael and Luna. I love the tartan run because it includes beer when you're done running. So, <laughs> and that's a, that's a fun event that's coming back this year too, right? That is, it is coming back. It's a 5k walk or run and uh, it starts kind of in the heart of the Highland games and goes across over into the town of Riverview and back to Moncton along the trail system. And it's so much fun to see everyone. Yeah. With their little different pieces of tartan, making their way across the bridge and back. And, and then, yeah, by the time you come back, the, the craft beer and spirits market will be open, which is an addition this year. We normally have, you know, a beer tent, 
this year we have eight different vendors coming to showcase some of the best local brews and spirits from New Brunswick. Awesome. Wow. Yeah, we're pretty thrilled. <laughs> I think you should be Tosh so be proud. The- yeah. <laughs> yeah. T- Tosh is going to be your honorary drinker. <laughs> hey, as long as she promises to drive me home, it'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's, you actually have a, a lot. I was noticing the other day, if you follow along with you guys on Facebook or Instagram, which uh, Jenna takes care of, and she does a fantastic job of doing that. But there um, was some really great um, spirit tastings that are going to be happening. Oh, yes. That I think is the thing that I'm most looking forward to and most upset about because I can't really fully partake because I'm going to be busy working, (laughs) but we have three tastings happening. We have the Friday night, we have a down the whiskey path, I think is what uh, it's being billed as on the Friday night on Saturday, we have a gin garden party and uh, whiskey for the lassies. And so all three of those tastings are with uh, Joanne McGinnis from St. John who online is known as the whiskey lassie. And so she loves doing tastings for both whiskey. I can see Tosh is going, I'm going to go follow her now. Um, yeah, Joanna's just fantastic and has put together some really neat tastings. I can't tell you anything else other okay. than, um, you know, with the gins, you're going to kind of get to go around the world. Uh, whiskey for the lassies and everyone else. The, the second one on the Saturday is more of kind of a, a bit of an introductory. If you haven't done a whiskey tasting before, if you think maybe you don't like whiskey, that's the one to go to because you'll get a sense of the, the, the breadth that there is in the whiskey world. It, it's, they, they don't all taste like you're drinking peat. They're, they're very different. Right. Other known as earth. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So Joanne's put together some really yeah. fun tastings that I, I have to say, yeah, that the gin one, it, it's really kind of killing me that I can't just like block out everything else and go to the gin garden. That sounds, yeah. <laughs> That one sounds the one for me. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, I, I I have to, I did get a sneak peek at the list because I have to make sure we have the things for it. And oh my goodness, it's going to be so fantastic. And I just, <laughs> I love the fact too, that we're getting to showcase that because I think so many people think of whiskey when they think of Scotland, but gin is almost as big an export for them. Gin is, you know, a huge, hugely popular export in Scotland and just a hugely popular drink there that I think is, is starting to kind of see uh, you know, a, a big uptake here on the East Coast. And hopefully we're going to kind of push that, push that forward this year. This is a good excuse to, uh, to, to not only come and check out the games and, and, and everything that you have to offer, but it's also a great excuse for redheads to come and gather. Um, it's something that, that Canada doesn't really have much of anymore. And, and why not a perfect spot like Moncton to be able to do this? Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's at an early stage of just kind of throwing it out there to, uh, to our population, I guess would be, like our tribe, I guess, if you will, the gingers of the world to say, hey, doesn't matter where you live, book a book a flight, come over here and uh, come to Moncton and, and, enjoy, and join us for uh, for the weekend. Have some fun and, and see how many see how many redheads and gingers we can, I guess, get together in one spot for uh, for a couple of days. So I don't know how it's, you know, how it's going to how it's going to come across, but uh, we're trying as much as we can, I guess, to uh, to bring them over. Do you think, Todd? That's funny. I actually had a couple of people message me and say, my kids are redhead, but I'm not. Am I still allowed to go? <laughs> of course, yeah. awesome. I can tell you it is kind of trickling out there. I was at the Moncton Market on the weekend with a booth for the Highland Games. And I honestly, I should have started to keep count of how many redheads walked past because it was constant. It was fantastic. And I don't know if it was just because 
I had your podcast and your live taping and our, our gathering of redheads in my mind that I noticed it more than usual, but oh my goodness, there were so many redheads at the market. And a couple of them actually came and mentioned the gathering, that awesome. there was going to be the, the largest gathering of redheads, you know, east of Montreal, I think we'll call it. I don't know that anyone's kind of tracked a gathering of redheads in Canada before. So we're going to call this the largest one regardless, because I, I know just looking at the roster of athletes and musicians and families that are going to be there, that we are going to have a fantastic number of head-to-heads at the event this year. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm pretty pumped for that. Um, now, I just want to segue before we wrap up into the musicians, because you just mentioned it. And if you're from the East Coast of Canada, it is a really big stinking deal, the band that is coming to the games. And I mean, there's a ton of them, but the headliner. The headliner. We are so excited. This is the first time that uh, we've been able to have the Barab Neils come as our headline act for the Highland Games. That has been awesome. a dream for a while, and this is the perfect year to make it happen. So we are super, super excited that they are going to be here Saturday night as the headliner. And, uh, you know, I know some people, when they see the price point to get in for Saturday or Sunday or the weekend, it's a little high compared to what we used to charge to come into the Highland Games. It's actually kind of low if you look at other festivals and events that charge for things. And what people need to keep in mind is, you know, whatever you pay to come in for Saturday, that covers you from 9 a.m. till 11 p.m. It includes the concert with the Bear McNeils. Right. And they are the finisher. Right before them is the American Rogues, which are, they are just a powerhouse band out of the U.S. and Canada. They do the Highland Games circuit all over the world. They are just fantastic. Um, throughout the day, yeah, we've got the RCMP Pipes and Drums. We've got Ivan and Vivian. We've got Gypsy Rovers. We've got Alan and Charlie. We've got uh, Patricia Murray, who's also a redhead, a beautiful mm -hmm. Gaelic singer. She's originally from PEI. She lives in Riverview now. Um, she's gone to Scotland and won awards for her singing. She's just beautiful soul. Um, I'm sure I miss out oh, late fireflies. I don't, know if, hmm, I don't know if they have a redhead in their group. They are amazing talents as well. And yeah, just Highland dancers, bagpipers, everything everywhere. And yeah, once you, once you pay to get on the grounds, basically everything except the tastings is included and in whatever, you know, drinks and food and merchandise you buy that that's on you, but you know, the bouncy castles, all of that kind of stuff is all included in admission. And if you are coming specifically because you want to do the gin tasting or the whiskey tasting, you buy your ticket for that and it gets you into the grounds for the day. It kind of works as a, as a dual purpose one. And that's just because we can only have a certain number of people in the tastings that we have to do that one a little differently. Right. And it's a no brainer. Does that count if you came in for the run as well for the 5k? Yes. If you okay. pay your registration to do the run, that is your, your entry for the day as well. So okay. yeah, if you're, if you're looking to do the run or you're looking to do the tastings pay for those events and it gets you in for the day and otherwise, yeah, pay for the day, or you can buy a weekend pass and enjoy everything throughout the weekend. And if you look at it at that, that way as a festival pass, it's one of the cheaper festivals on the, the East coast. So, um, where can everybody find information? If you just go to moncktonhighlandgames.com, everything is on there. Follow the tabs for the schedule, for all that kind of stuff. The uh, the buttons pop up to buy the tickets right there if you want to buy them in advance. We love if you buy them in advance, um, but you can also buy them at the gate. That's not a problem. The Friday night is free to enter the field. So Friday, we don't awesome. have all the extra stuff happening yet. Friday, there's the non-Masters heavy event 
competition going on during the day. And then in the evening, it's music on the big stage, uh, Alan and Charlie, Gypsy Rovers and American Rogues. That we're asking people, you know, if you can to make a donation and that money's gonna go for Plaid for Dad, which is the Canadian Cancer Society's prostate cancer awareness. Their big campaign ends that day on the 17th and their theme is Plaid for Dad. <laughs> so it, wow. it's kind of a no brainer <laughs> to come out, wear some plaid, put on some tartan, celebrate with us you can make a donation you can enjoy the the craft beer and the food trucks and everything will be there friday night so people can come in for free and enjoy that and then for the rest of the weekend yeah you can pay at the gate or like i said buy your tickets in advance moncktonhighlandgames.com and yet we're on facebook and on instagram and lots of information there as well fabulous okay tell me as a mom of a redhead (laughs) what tips would you give to other parents that are raising redheads that uh, aren't a redhead themselves? Mm, I would say have a lot of discussion with your children about how to deal with strangers. (laughs) 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 Which in in some ways is kind of good because very early on, you can have those conversations of, nope, if you don't want someone just to reach out and touch you, you can tell them not to do that. And you can do it in a polite way or you can do it in a very uh, back off, you're weirding me out. I don't need to deal with you way. Because <laughs> we've had various discussions like that in our house. Our daughter is 10. She has beautiful, beautiful, like deep red hair that goes right down to the bottom of her back right now. Um, and she is determined she is not cutting it. <laughs> Good. So it got it. it yeah it it gets people's attention when you're out in public and especially uh just the other night we were out and uh someone who had similar hair as a child was just ooing and awing and reached out and touched her hair and afterwards my daughter was just like I know people like it why do they have to touch it (laughs) (laughs) I I mean I can't blame the person because it honest to goodness is the most beautiful red I have ever seen ever but uh at the same time back off <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. So, but, but it was good it was a good kind of moment to talk through the like you know when are the times you decide to be polite in how you're asking and what are the times when you just start from that very forceful place of back away from me <laughs> and that it's okay like yeah you do not have to let someone touch your hair just because they are a nice person that's, you know, you're allowed to make the little old lady feel badly that she reached out and touched your hair. That's okay. <laughs> if you want to be nice to her first, that's great. Yeah. But you don't have to be. Yeah. Let me get my questions out first before you can touch yeah. my hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Jenna, thank you for your time. Uh, we are, of course, super pumped to be doing this live show and to be asked to do the live show. And hopefully it's something that we can make a yearly occurrence. But yeah, come one, come all to all the redheads that listen to this show. Moncton, New Brunswick. Look it up June 17th through the 19th. Thank you, everybody. And you've been listening to the Authentic Ginger Podcast. You've been listening to the Authentic Ginger Podcast. Become a part of the Ginger Nation by liking, subscribing, following, and leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast was produced by Tosh Taylor of the Podcast Hub Productions. Find her online at podcasthub.ca.